Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. It's not talked about much. Angels are a major topic in scripture and i want you to understand that angels are not a minor topic this is not something where it's like oh there's five verses on angels this is not a vague idea they're actually referenced over if you're taking notes 250 times in the bible angels are referenced and angels are mentioned and so we need to be aware of what does the bible say about angels what types of angels are there what are angels i did a video a year ago on this i'll recap some of that tonight and mix in some of it but you can go watch that later i need to do this is a refresher of that and and some new revelation here but i think the interesting thing uh, why we ignore angels is because there's mystery behind angels because angels work in a realm that can't be seen with the physical eye. This is one of the hard parts about the supernatural realm, about teaching, about sharing, about preaching about the supernatural realm, is we are very carnal Christians. And by carnal, I mean natural. I don't mean sinful. I mean natural. We are so catered to emotions. We're so catered to the now. We're so catered to what we can see in the physical realm. And as believers, we are not supposed to neglect the supernatural realm. Now, if you try to become a supernatural Christian, all of your old Christian religious friends are going to say, oh, you don't need to be all spiritual. Oh, be careful about the spiritual realm. Yet the Bible thrust us into the supernatural realm. We are supernatural beings. When you're born again, you are a supernatural being. And so we can't ignore those things in the unseen realm that aren't seen with the natural eye. There is a real, if you're taking notes, spiritual world. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth so two different places there he made the things which we can see and the things which we can't see such as so what are the things we can't see what are you talking about paul says such as thrones kingdoms rulers and authorities in the unseen world everything was created through him and for him these are different rankings of spirits thrones kingdoms rulers authorities this is the way the spirit world functions but what paul is saying is just because you don't see it doesn't make it any less real and so when you get into deliverance or you get into the spirit or you're led by the spirit and you're not some religious dead dry christian you start realizing there's so much more to life than what meets the eye the reason why i was like this way for so long or the reason why that person acts that way or the reason why i went through this is there were spiritual forces rulers authorities principalities kingdoms dominions that were in the invisible realm functioning causing things to happen whether good or bad whether these are fallen angels demonic spirits or these are actual angels and i'm i'm wondering have we do we even think that the good things that happen in our life could be the result of angels doing the work of god and ministering to believers and so i love it i go lord i want your angels to minister to me i want lord if it's of god i want it to happen on the other side i'm going and kicking the devil's door down I'm going to be a battering ram. I wish I had someone on fire tonight in the chat. Come on. I'm going to be a battering ram against the gates of hell. I'm not playing religion. I'm not playing patty cake with the devil. I'm not the Christian the devil's not worried about. I'm the devil's worst nightmare. The devil has nightmares about a Christian like you. The demons don't know what to do. They've never met a Christian like you that knows they have all power and all authority that Jesus had. He said, I now confer onto you. You have the spirit of almighty God. You're like my, my shirt says, you're a warrior for God. And so this whole soft tickle me Elmo gummy bear Jesus 
Guys, we are made for battle. We serve a God of war. He's the Lord of heaven's armies. Who's heaven's armies? The angels of God, the Lord of hosts. This is a military. Host is a military term, and we are in a cosmic war. And Paul tells us that in Ephesians 6. Our wrestle, so we're in a wrestling match, a battle, a war, is not against flesh and blood. We're not fighting people, but against powers and principalities, spiritual forces. One translation says we're not fighting persons with bodies, but persons without bodies. These are real entities that we're up against, and we're not alone. We're not just fighting demons out in the middle of nowhere, you know, swinging at demons, missing like Paul said, but we are actually backed up by angels. We actually have God's angels and the armies of God that they have our back. And so Paul is saying, listen, just because you don't see it doesn't make it any less real. And religion will only discuss, focus on, and worry about things in the natural realm. Religion hates this tonight. They're going to be making videos. They're going to be mad. They're manifesting right now because they can't stop it because they only want to focus on the natural. They say God can't do miracles. They say angels have nothing to do with us and we don't need to listen to angels and we don't need to be ministered to. And they write off the scriptures they can't understand and they focus on the scriptures they can understand and they mix so much water into the word of God. It's lost its power. But friend, I, I know this is going to be crazy. I actually believe the Bible. I actually believe that an, an angel of the Lord broke Peter out of prison. I actually believe that an angel warned Joseph in a dream that they were trying to kill baby Jesus. I actually believe that God can use angel to minister, an angel spirit, uh, spiritual God's spirits to minister to us, according to Hebrews 1, and that the 250 references in the Bible, I believe every single one of them. I believe in deliverance. I believe in miracles. I'm not one of these guys that says, oh, well, God can't this, that. What are we talking about? God can't heal. What are we talking about? God can't give us dreams and visions. What are we talking about? God doesn't have the power to deliver you from addiction, the power to break the back of compromise, the power to break off those demonic spirits. And so the religious people say, oh, we don't need to focus on angels. Oh, we don't need to focus on demons. Who, who is? We're focusing on the word of God, which I'm going to give you probably 30 plus scriptures tonight. And the supernatural is a byproduct of that. So I'm, I'm still perplexed on how some of you are still watching people that talk you out of the word of God. No, I'm not listening to anybody. Do not put that poison in me. That's going to try to talk me out of what the Bible says. So when you're in the spirit, when you're led by the spirit, your perception changes. So you realize not only, come on, this is good. Is the natural world relevant to my life, but the supernatural world's relevant. So you go from like me, 19 years, just going through the motions, living life, disconnected from the spirit realm, not even understanding the spirit realm, not knowing about it. And then born again one day, January 12, 2011. And now I'm going, wait a minute. There's actually two worlds. There's actually two worlds here. There's actually angels. There's actually demons. And there's a spirit realm and the spirit realm is actually like controlling the natural realm, like puppet strings. My life is being dictated by this cosmic world called the unseen realm that God is in full control of. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, says, says, so we fixed our eyes not on what is seen. So don't put your focus on what you can see, but on what is unseen. Since here's why, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So the unseen realm is the eternal realm. Everything else is going to pass away. Listen, love your house. Nice house. Awesome. Praise the Lord for the car, the house, all the stuff you got. 
but everything you have and everything I have is going to be dust one day. So just remember, whether you're out buying a home, whether you're buying a car, and it's okay to have nice stuff, just it's not okay when nice stuff has you. Just remember that those things are going to pass away. So just be careful spending nine hours and 12 hours a day working overtime to try to get that luxury this or luxury that to try to you know keep up with the Jetsons or keep up with the neighbors when that's going to be a pile of dust, okay? Love it. Love your house. Love the car. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings. But I understand it's all going to be dust. It's all going to be dust. And what matters is what happens in the unseen realm, in the invisible realm. Your perception has to change every day. Lord, I want to be spiritual. Lord, I'm tired of being carnal. Lord, give me eyes to see. Lord, let me be aware. Let me pray. Let me be. You said I must worship in spirit. God, let me be in spirit. Let me stop being so carnal and natural and worldly. My perception has to change. When you were born again, there's a spiritual rebirth. Nicodemus says, how could I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus is like, what? Hello? You're not going to go back in your mother's womb. We're talking about being born again. You get a second shot at life. I'm here to tell somebody that's been addicted and broken and hurting that you get a second shot at life, that you actually get a rebirth. You get to be born again, not in the natural. You ain't going to climb back into your mom's womb and go back to the doctor and goo goo gaga, suck on your thumb, be this little baby again. You're actually going to be born again in the spiritual realm and old things. Oh yeah. The old things, the addiction, the drugs, the alcohol, the set, all the stuff you were addicted to that drove you, that carnal desires, you are a friend of the world and of darkness and serving Satan, that old stuff, that stuff's dying, friend. It's going to pass away and behold, all things are going to be made new. Not some things, but God says this, I'm preaching gospel tonight. Everything in your life, I'm going to make new. I'm going to restore. I'm going to bulldoze down the old and I'm going to build it new. I'm going to refresh you and you start fresh and you're born again and you learn to talk again. Friend, when I was born again, I had to learn to talk because my old language of my old life was every other word was the F word. Yes, Isaiah Saldivar was a sailor cussing nonstop, dirty mouth, dirty jokes, demonic spirits governing my actions. I had to learn to talk again. I, I was shocked when I went out in public and I didn't look at people or look at women specifically like pieces of meat. And I realized, wait a minute, my eyes, I see different. I talk different. I walk different. I hear things differently. I'm, I'm a new creature. The old me has passed away. So bye. Sorry. Miss you. All my old friends. See you later. I know you don't like me anymore, but I'm a new creature and ain't nobody got time for that. I don't got time to go to the club and the bar and drink and party. I already found what I was looking for. God has already delivered me. So my eyes are no longer going after the natural. Come on. Do I have anybody in the chat that could testify? I'm reading the chat here. I no longer focus on those things that used to bring me pleasure. I no longer focus on those things that used to drive me. I'm driven now by the Holy Spirit. I am a spiritual person. I'm not some dead religious person that lives in the natural. I'm born again. So when you get born again, you are aware now of two worlds. The world I see is being dictated. Write this down. The world I see is being dictated by the world I don't see. Now this is making sense to me. Now I understand why I almost died five or six times. Now I understand why those, those things were speaking to me. And I heard voices months before I got saved telling me to jump off of a balcony. I was never suicidal friend. I never wanted to take my life yet. There was voices telling me in Stockton, California on the, I don't know, 13th floor of a hotel, just jump off. 
It was the middle of the night. Just I was, I was drunk. Just jump off. No one's going to care. And I'm hearing voices. There's another voice saying, go lay down, go to bed. And there's a war going on. I'm not saved, but I'm realizing that the unseen realm is moving and shaping. And like, like we're like in a chess game. And it's moving things around. And there's an actual battle going on for your soul. And God says, I have agents. I have special forces called angels that are fighting on your behalf. Now, the function of angels in our lives, according to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, is to minister to the heirs of salvation. Who are the heirs of those that inherit salvation? You and I. Type one in the chat. It's you. And so the job of angels in the life of a believer, they do many things we'll talk about tonight, but it's to minister. So if we ignore them, if we don't understand what the Bible says about them, how are they going to minister to us? Now, if we ignore angels... We don't understand them what the Bible says. Could they still minister to us? Of course they can. But let me ask you this. Would you want to minister to someone who doesn't believe in you? Would you want to minister to someone who doesn't acknowledge you? So it would do us best if we acknowledge, oh yeah, there is actually angels that God is using to minister to me. Now, I didn't at the time believe in angels when angels saved me when angels literally I'm, I'm not talking about salvation saved me okay an angel can't salvation save you i'm literally talking about when an angel saved me like i should have been dead and an angel saved me at the age of 12 i was uh with a friend's house and we were riding bikes in this metal barn maybe you've heard the story maybe you haven't for context and we're riding bikes no one's there our family's out of town they're at like a horse race thing and me and my my friend and my cousin are riding bikes in this huge metal shop and my cousin went inside my other friend went inside and or we were in there and i put a rope around my neck because i just got in watching a popular movie at that time again i was 12 years old called american outlaws and i put this large metal chain that was hanging in this massive shop around my neck and i put it like this and the chain was in my hands right here and i had the chain and i was swinging pretending i was not trying to hang myself i was pretending to be jesse james and so my friend was riding his bike in the barn and i'm swinging around and i'm like look bro i'm jesse james and he's laughing and he goes inside and i'm in the barn and i'm swinging around 12 years old on a rope on a metal chain and all of a sudden friend 12 years old i'm hanging in the air hanging in the air my hands are to my side and i wake up in the air now how did i get in the air i passed out and the chain started spinning so the chain spun and spun me up into the air. Now I'm in the air looking at my body in my mind thinking I'm dead. I mean, how am I on a chain, arms to the side, I'm up in the air. And how many of you know, if you're wrapped around a metal chain around your neck that pulls transmissions out of cars and you're hanging up in a shop in a barn with your arms to your side, how are you gonna get yourself off that chain? How are you gonna move that chain? And friend, 12 years old, I believe only because of the prayers of my parents didn't believe in this or that or angels or demons, really was just kind of like trying to find my way. I felt the only way I can describe it, I felt the softest hands. This is all I could remember, the softest hands. I've ever felt literal hands go into the metal chain, open up the metal chain. Are you guys hearing me? Not 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 plastic metal chain. I fell to the ground on my knees. I couldn't see because I didn't have oxygen. I was completely, everything went black. I crawled to the corner of the barn. I'm slamming the ground because I'm not breathing and I'm trying to get breath in my in my lungs and I'm slamming the ground. And friend, I looked back at 12 years old. I looked back and here's what I saw. And my dad's in the chat, my mom's in the chat. They could all testify to this. I saw a metal chain wrapped up still way up in the air still with a hole about that big wrapped up in the chain. And I, I'll never forget this thought at 12 years old. This is the thought that came to mind. Not, oh, I should be dead. None of that. This is the thought that came to mind. Something's trying to kill me and something else just saved me. There's a war going on. 
This is 12 years old. I, I, I had this revelation. There is a war going on and something just tried to take my life right now. But God's angel, the angel of God, God's ministering angel literally came and saved me, should have been dead, spared my life. And so I'm on borrowed time. So get out of here with that. Oh, why do you have to be so radical? And why do you preach so much? Friend, I should, you want to know why? Because I'm on borrowed time. Many of you in the chat type one, if you're on borrowed time, only if you know that if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for the angel of the Lord, you should be dead. It was another time where me and my brother we're in the back of a tractor in a trailer, 30 to 45 miles an hour down the road. We're going down a, down a street, a road in the country. And our friend turned the tractor, me and my brother in the trailer, the trailer flips upside down, brakes, and we get are under a trailer, open trailer, drug for a mile down the road at 30 to 45 miles an hour on the street. Now, anybody that sees that or knows that would know thinks i i should have just been raw i hate to say it this way but for lack of a better term i should have been raw beef on the street dead 100 and i remember when that tractor broke and me and my brother were under that tractor being drugged down the street at 30 to 45 miles an hour for a mile down the road i remember coming out of my body but feeling like something was in that trailer with me and my brother and absolutely was there something in that trailer yeah it was the angel of god it was god's ministering angels friend time and time again should have been dead. I can name other times where almost drowned, fell out of a car. I mean, over and over and over again, should have been dead in an overdose. All these different things, alcohol poisoning, but it was God's angel sparing my life and God saying, Isaiah, I have a plan. My dad just said Volkswagen. Yeah, I fell out of a Volkswagen as a little kid. My mom was driving and I opened the door, fell out of the car, rolled down the street and was completely fine. What? The angel of God. And so please understand that God's angels are moving. The angels are ministering. Even if we ignore them, they're still ministering. Now, remember this and I'll review some of the video I did before for those of you that didn't watch it. God's not directly fighting the devil. It's angels and believers fighting the devil. Revelation chapter 12. Then a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels, not God, not Jesus. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the entire world astray. Okay. So this is talking about this dragon that is Satan being beat by Michael and his angels. He was hur hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So Satan rebels, he gets thrown down to the earth with his own angels. Now, does it say Jesus and God fought the dragon in Revelation 12? No. Where is Jesus in the picture? I'll tell you where Jesus is, sitting at the right hand of the Father, unfazed and unmoved by the devil's power. Jesus and the devil, I'm gonna say it again for those of you sitting in the back, are not in the same weight class. They're not fighting on the same field. They're in different fields, different, God is not fighting Satan. God has already defeated Jesus. Overwhelming victory over Satan. So it's the angels are with us fighting against the kingdom of darkness. So angels protect. Angels bring, uh, bring deliverance. Angels bring protection. And they war with us against Satan's kingdom. They help us. So when Satan's trying to take us out, then the angel shows up and protects us. When the devil kept trying to take me out, like Herod tried to take out baby Jesus, like he tried to take out Moses, like Pharaoh tried to kill Moses, the angels of God step in and intervene. And I'm telling you right now, angels have real power. These are not weak. Now, listen, friend, 
Get out of your mind, that little chubby angel on a cloud eating a Twinkie in your, in your friend's house that was on a picture someone painted from Picasso. That is not an angel. Angels are powerful. Angels are fierce. Some of them in the Bible, hundreds of feet tall. Bible says one angel has his foot on the sun, the other has his foot on land. Like, what? One angel has his foot in the ocean, the other has his foot on land. It's, there was angels in Revelation that held back the winds, angels that controlled the water, angels that were governing water. God has put angels over, which I won't go into tonight because I have it already on my Revelation teaching, over creation. There are some angels that are in control of wind. Some angels are in control of water. We see this in the book of Revelation. Some angels have the key to the bottomless pit. God gives angels supernatural power. These are not chubby, twinkie-eating angels sitting on a cloud and that are just going around fat floating around these are war angels these are mighty powerful angels that god uses to minister to his people now most of you probably have met an angel one time or another and you didn't realize it how because hebrews 13 2 says do not forget to show hospitality to strangers okay for some of you have done some of you who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it so many stories you hear about angels. I have a story I won't tell again tonight for the sake of time. I, I told about my other angel video where we got in and out for an angel. 100%, I believe it was an angel. The guy literally went to get him food, came out 10 minutes later, and he disappeared. All of his stuff was gone. I believe it was an angel. Well, we were trying to give him food, and we didn't know. We were actually entertaining an angel, not realizing it. So I love how Hebrews connects, think about this, strangers with angels because a lot of times when you meet an angel in the flesh i'm not I'm, and when i say in the flesh i mean an angel that's took it on human form which we know angels can do they can take on huge human form and demons can also take on human form when you meet an angel in the flesh you don't always know it's an angel angels do not say hey by the way i'm an angel will you feed me will you clothe me will you help me will you do this but if you try to show hospitality to strangers you may actually be entertaining angels. So I guarantee a lot of you have entertained angels and not even realize it. And a lot of times when people encounter angels, whether it's an angel that saved them, whether it's an angel, whatever it could be, they say that they came as a stranger. They appear suddenly and they vanish suddenly. Now, the number one thing we have to lay the groundwork on, and I don't know how long we're going to go, but who, who cares? is that angels must not be worshipped. And I want to say this. I said this in the last video I did, and I, I thought about what key points should I bring out and remind them of. And this is the number one reminder, because I already know what everyone's going to do. Oh, Isaiah's preaching about angels. He's going to start a new doctrine of worshipping angels and blah, 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 blah. Never worship an angel and never pray to an angel. Now, I know what the chat is thinking. Chat say, all of you in the chat are saying, Isaiah, we would never do this. Who, who's going to worship an angel? Who would ever praise an angel? Well, John did. John did when the angel appeared in glory. Let me show you this in Revelation 19.10. says, and I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, so here's John. And this is John. This is John saying this. I fell at his feet to worship him. So John is telling us, let me just break it down for you. John says, to be honest with you guys, Revelation 19.10, my intention was to worship this angel. That's literally what I was going to do. I wasn't like, I wasn't, maybe I was actually going to worship him. And I fell down to my feet and I was going to worship him. But the angel said to me, see that you do not do that. Like exclamation point, John, stop, please. The angel's like, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. Do not worship me. He says, see that you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant. So we know that angels shouldn't be worshiped. And we also know that angels are our fellow servants, right? So they're actually our co-workers. They're working for God. We're working for God. How's it going? It's going good. They're actually co-workers with us. So angels are not just working for us, but John shows us or the angel shows us 
Revelation 19, angels are actually working with us. He says, and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, exclamation point. Worship God. Do not worship an angel. Do not pray to an angel. Do not get new doctrine from an angel. Come on, Joseph Smith. Do not get new doctrine from an angel. And then he says this, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So don't worship me, John. Don't be doing that. You're going to get me in trouble here. Do not worship or pray to angels. That's very, very important. Colossians chapter 2, verse 18. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions of their by their unspiritual mind. So, so what do you, Paul's warning is like, look, those that worship angels, they're coming up with these doctrines and details and they're going into great detail. I saw this. Now, let me just say this. Some of the people you guys listen to on YouTube that you keep asking me to bring on my podcast are just straight wacky. Okay. When I say wacky, I'm not even being rude about it. They are straight wacky. Okay. If Ruslan would say, Ruslan would say they're wonky. They're just, they're not all there. They go every day. They have a new video. I saw an angel and the angel came and gave me a dog biscuit and the angel told me to go to PetSmart. And then God told me that his, his, he has a dog in heaven at his throne. I'm like, I'm like, what? And you guys are like, bring them on the podcast. What are you talking about? These, these, eight, these people go into great detail. And then I went into the third warehouse of heaven. And I, now listen, praise the Lord. Okay. If you're up in heaven every other day and you're going vacation in heaven, and you're going to the warehouses of God. I'm not here to be God. I'm not here to say that can't happen. Paul did see heaven. Paul did go to the third heaven. He saw paradise, but he wasn't going every other day and he wasn't going into detail. And some of these people, I'm just telling you, they're not hearing from God. They're hearing from demonic spirits. And they go into all these details about all these supernatural experiences that don't profit anything. So again, I'm not calling names out. I'm not throwing shade at people. You guys, if you, you know, if you know, if you know, you know, if you're like, I have no clue what you're talking about, then praise the Lord. Just stay, stay on the right pages. Okay. But I'm just letting you know, and let me reiterate these people worship angels, okay? And they grow and they go into great detail about what they've seen and they're puffed up with idle notions of an unspiritual mind. So be, just be careful when you have people saying, oh, an angel came yesterday and today. I know I, I know preachers that literally like every 30 minutes an angel showing up and I'm just like, bro, angels didn't even do that for Jesus. Like you're, you every 30 minutes, you're like, oh, I just heard an angel tickled my ear with the feather and told me, come on, dude, really? Like I know preachers that do this. It's like every 15 minutes an angel is showing up and I'm thinking like, does God really have that much to say to you? If God has that much to say to you, you may need to get your life together because ain't nobody ain't nobody encountering angels like that every 15 minutes i mean that's exhausting but we do have these people that go on and on and on and on and on and we buy their books and we buy their thing and these spirits do not glorify jesus they don't bring honor to god remember angels are working for god the holy spirit glorifies jesus so please be careful with people that are just weird now if you're listening to them and you're like ah i don't feel right about that like it sounds good it sounds like yeah, that's great, man. I would love to go in the warehouse of heaven and pick out a body part. Sounds, it sounds good that every 15 minutes an angel's tickling you and stuff. Like, it doesn't sound bad, but it's just like, ah, it just doesn't sit right with me. I'm not going to go make a video about them and their doctrine. It's just, we got to have discernment and discretion of who we're listening to. Now, Paul is correcting the theory of worshiping angels. People were worshiping angels thinking it's all right to worship them. And this happens today. People claim they got a doctrine from an angel. People start religions because of an angel. Joseph Smith, have you guys ever heard of the Mormon church? He got a revelation from an angel and started the church. And I got an, an angel came to me, um, the Enneagram. 
an angel came named Metron and gave the guy the whole idea of this personality Enneagram and this enlightenment and all that type of stuff. And you're going to see plenty of occults that started from an angel. Fallen angels do disguise themselves. So what does 2 Corinthians 11.13 say? These people are false apostles. All right. I, I didn't say it. Paul did. These people are false apostles. They're deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I'm not surprised, Paul says. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants, so Satan disguises, but it's no wonder his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they'll get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. So they disguise themselves to manipulate, to try to trick people. So the demons do this, false prophets do this, ministers do this, but they neglect Jesus. They do not preach on repentance. They do not preach on Jesus. And they do not say that Jesus is the only way. And if you ask these people, is Jesus the only way? Listen, if anybody pauses when you say, is Jesus the only way? And they go, well, or yeah, but there's no, yeah, but there's no, and maybe Jesus is the only way. If you ask me that in an interview, okay, you call me up, we're on a big interview and you say, Isaiah, we've been listening to your preaching. We want to know, is Jesus the only way? Yes. Like before you could finish your sentence, a yes is coming out of my mouth. There's no maybe, there's no but, there's no and, there's no if, there's Jesus is the only way to the Father. So what you're going to see with a lot of these doctrines are they do believe in Jesus, and that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow, exposing the New Age. He's a great teacher. He was killed by religious zealots, but he's he's really not the only, he's a way. He's not a way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's nobody that comes to the Father but through him. So please, run as fast as you can from people that try to mix the new age in with this. It's, it's wrong. Galatians 1, 8, Paul says, even if an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach, let him be under God's curse. Okay. So this is very important. Do not worship angels. Now let me give you, I'll try to go through, through them quick, but just go ahead and type one. If you want me to, to take time here, five things to understand about angels, five things. I'm not going to rehash all that we talked about in the last angel video. I'm just going to touch on certain topics, but five things. Number one is that angels cannot be numbered. When you think about angels, number one is angels cannot be numbered. They are without number. They are, they are innumerable, friend. We do not just have a small army. We have spiritual backup. And there's more for us than there are against us. If you remember in 2 Kings chapter 6, when the King Aram sent a force of chariots and soldiers to capture Elisha and his servant, they're surrounded by all these soldiers. And Elisha's not even panicking. And his, his servant's like, bro, like, you're not scared at all. We literally just woke up. We're just trying to have a bowl of, of Captain Crunch. And there's soldiers all around. Like, we are full-on surrounded and you're not stressing at all and elisha understands there's something in the unseen realm there's an army in the unseen realm that's going to deliver and going to protect and here's why elisha's not afraid because those who are with us are more than those who are with them and the servant's like wait what excuse me there's only two of us elisha what are you on bro like there's two of us there's a thousand of them and you're telling me there's more for us than there are against us now, here's the thing. He didn't see in the right realm. Elisha's like, you're still not getting it. And then Elisha prays, Lord, open up his eyes. Again, don't give him eyes because we all have spiritual eyes. Open up his eyes so that he may see. Now, the, the guy was not blind because the guy saw the physical army, but the guy was spiritually blind and didn't see the angel army. And when he opened his eyes, the Bible says he saw chariots of fire and angels all around. 
Now, some of you need to understand that you may be surrounded even now. You might feel like you're just wore down and beat down and everybody's against you and there's pressure on all sides on you. But I want to tell you tonight that there are more for you than there are against uh, against you, that there are real spirits trying to attack you. I get it. There's a real battle, but there's more on your side and there's no precise count. The angels are innumerable, friend. There's so many angels backing you up. Remember in Matthew 26, when Jesus stopped the disciples from trying to fight the guards? And he said in Matthew 26, 54, do you not think, he's telling the disciples this, right? He's like, guys, relax. Do you not think I can, he says, do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. So that's enough for every disciple to have its own legion. A legion being 3,000 to 6,000 men. So he goes, listen, guys. I could, I could call all these angels, but understand that that's not the will of God. I have to go to the cross. So don't think that we're outnumbered. Don't think these little petty soldiers are going to be able to capture me. I willingly lay my life down. The son of man, he laid his life down. They didn't take his life. He laid it down. Ain't nobody could stop God. You think they came and took his life by force? He laid his life down. And in any moment, Jesus could have delivered himself. Angels, 12,000, or I'm sorry, not 12,000, 12, le- 12 legions of angels could have came at any moment and rescued Jesus. In Matthew 26, he goes, listen, I could just call all these angels down. My father would in a moment, a blink of an eye, they would come rescue me. Hebrews 12, 22, we're told that we've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Psalm 68, 17, David said the chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. What? Excuse me? Thousands of thousands and thousands. David, what are you talking about? He's talking about millions of angels. You can't count them. They just keep going. Thousands. God has this angel army. So you have backup. In one of Daniel's visions in Babylon, he saw God on a flaming throne surrounded by angelic beings. And Daniel 7.10, thousands upon thousands attended him. Tens, ten thousands times ten thousands stood before him. Like, again, my head just spinning. These are all before the throne of God. It's innumerable. John in Revelation 5.11 So then I looked and heard a voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne. This is not no little army. This is not like God, you know, just a one, one power. This is like millions upon millions, a sea of angels that is fighting on our behalf that God has access to that want to minister to us. So think about it this way. I always thought about Jesus said, okay, I could call 12 legions of angels. That's a legion for every disciple. And sometimes I think like, all right, God, I need your angels to protect me, right? Whether it's my house, whether it's my car, Lord, send your ministering angels and camp around us. My parents would always pray. Every time we got in the car, Lord, give us traveling mercies. Let your angels encamp around us. And we pray that we pray that and praise the Lord. I've never been an accident in my life. So I guess that prayer has worked. But I want to say this, friend. I always thought, even to this point where I'm starting to realize that it's not just two angels, it's not just three angels. If God has millions upon millions of angels and I'm, I'm beloved, I'm God's son, I'm royalty, I'm an heir of Christ, I'm an heir of salvation, I have the same spirit that raised Christ living on the inside of me, I'm not, I'm not a conqueror, I'm more than a conqueror, I have the power of almighty God, God calls me his friend, he delights in those that praise him and worship him. If, if really, I probably have thousands of angels, like if God is sending our help to us, I'm, I'm not going to think anymore, like, oh, I just got one or two angels following me around guarding me. No, 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 no. 
I got a thousand angels. I got d- devil. You be, you better be careful when you come and mess with my family. Cause you might end up with 10,000 angels on your tail. You might end up devil with 10,000 angels knocking at the gates of hell, bringing down your kingdom, making war against you. So don't have this mentality like, Oh, the devil's attacking me. No, you need to change up your attitude and be like, devil, how dare you? mess with me like I, I don't think you know that I got back up millions of angels got my back and I'm rolling deep I'm not rolling by myself when I go into deliverance it's not me and in my team and my two people I got a, a thousand angels at my disposal because God says I'm gonna send them to minister and to help you now they're not my angels I'm not snapping going go do this and go get me a dr. pepper it's not like that these are God's angels that are there to minister to me minister to us but let's get out of this poverty mentality that we have like this little squad of angels and there's like two or three following us around we have the hosts of the of heaven's army backing us up there's a vast army fighting for us you're not alone you will not let me say that again for those of you sitting in the back you are not alone you are not going to fail you're not some weak grasshopper defenseless christian that's a doormat to the culture you have the armies of god so fight like you have backup fight bold i remember growing up friend i honestly never got messed with ever and i did some dumb stuff but the reason why no one messed with me whether it was at the metal show whether it was doing stupid stuff with people i shouldn't have been doing it with or talking to people's girlfriends i shouldn't have been talking to are you guys hearing me in the chat or going places and saying things i shouldn't have said i mean i had a mouth on me okay you think i have a big mouth now i had a mouth on me when i wasn't saved but nobody ever messed with me i never got beat up i never got jumped should have but didn't here's why because my brother Nico had a reputation. He had a reputation of getting in fights. He had a reputation of hanging around the wrong crowd. His friends were crazy. I mean, literally everybody knew in our area, in our town, that if you mess with Isaiah, you're going to have to deal with his older brother and all of his friends. And so I just never got messed with because I was Nico's brother. And I literally remember being at parties and they're like, oh, this and that. And they're like, bro, don't mess with them. That's Nico's brother. I mean, literally over and over and over. My dad's in the chat laughing because he knows this is true. And they'd always be like, that's Nico's brother. That's Nico's brother. I mean, it was like the famous line. And my brother was low-key famous in our area because he was in a band and he was low-key famous at the time in our area. And people just knew you don't mess with Isaiah's brother or Nico's brother. So I just never had to take any heat I never got in a fight no one ever jumped me no one ever beat me up I was just protected because I had backup because if anything went down at the party um, I had my brother on speed dial and he's showing up with a car full of guys and it sounds crazy but that's how I rolled that's how I was that's how things were now that I'm a Christian that's how I need to act in God it's like I got millions of angels backing me up I'm not afraid of the devil I'm not afraid of deliverance some of you are so afraid of the devil He's been defeated, friend. You got angels backing you up. So pull up like you got angels. Act like you got angels. Don't act like you're weak. Like I don't got no backup. I'm going to run from the battle. I'm running right up into that battle. I'm running right up into that fight because I got the armies of God with me. Again, I hope you're hearing me in the spirit and I hope you don't think I'm talking about physically pulling up on somebody. I'm talking about spiritually. Let the devil pull up. Let the devil pull up. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of darkness. I'm a spiritual gangster. I'll go right up in the middle of it and I'll put my finger right in that demon's eye and cast it out. And I will, without any fear, hesitation. So for those of you that are like, I'm scared, don't be. Don't be scared of casting out devils. Don't be scared of preaching the gospel. When you get up and preach, guess what? You got a million angels backing you up. When I get up there on stage, I'm not by myself. I know people always say, I saw an angel on stage with you. Cool, thank you, Lord, okay? 
Thank you. Send your angels to back me up. Send your angels to protect me. I'm sure there's many people that watch our videos that have malicious, uh, malicious plans against me and they want to do this to me and want to do that to me. Try it. Try it. I got angels. Now, there, of course, when we do services and events, they have people have security. All that. I don't have personal security, y'all. I'm, I'm going in it and I'm believing that I got angels there. But I'll tell you right now, I've gotten some serious threats. I've gotten people telling me they're going to do some stuff to me and they've never done it because I trust on the angels of God to back me up. So angels will absolutely protect you. The angel armies are there. You fight different when you have backup. You're bold when you have backup and you have a big mouth when you have backup. And some of you, you need to have a big mouth for God. Come on, let's put that on a t-shirt. I have a big mouth for God. No, literally, that's too cheesy. Some of you need to have a big mouth for God. You're too scared because you think you're, the devil's going to beat you up and steal your lunch, but you need to be bold for God because you got an army behind you. Okay, number two. Man, we're taking long here. It's okay. It's good. Number two, angels are messengers. Angels are messengers in the Bible. Our English word angel translates the Hebrew word malak. In the Old Testament, the Greek word ang ang angelos or angelos is in the New Testament. That's the Greek word. Both translations of the word angel means messenger. So the essence of what angels do and what their main role is in the Bible and in our lives, again, this is going to really stir up the religious pot tonight and make some religious people manifest. It's okay because our mods are waiting to ban you. Is their messengers? They bring messages, messages to God's people. Are angels still bringing messages to people today? Absolutely. Does God desire to speak to you and bring and deliver messages to you through an angel? Absolutely. In fact, let me just say this: as I'm studying, I'm going like, I, Lord, I'm open. If you want to send an angel to give me a message, I'm down. But if, but if we walk in unbelief and we say, oh, God can't use an angel to speak. Oh, God's not going to ever send an angel to message you or to send you a message. God could just speak himself. Well, then why did God do it over and over again in the Bible? Remember, angels are messengers, literally what their name means, and they're working for someone else. They're delivering messages for someone else. They're someone else's ambassadors and they're somebody else's employees. They do not represent themselves, but they represent God Almighty. Angels never represent themselves. They come as messengers from a person sending the message. So God sends the message through the angels. And I'm going to show you this over and over again in scripture because I know some of you are already scared. Like, wait, what? Angels can message us? Just relax. We're going to explain it to you, okay? So God will use angels to communicate messages to people and nations. They're his messengers, literally. So when they give us strength or enlightenment, it's God's strength and God's enlightenment. When an angel brings encouragement to us, it's God's encouragement. Are you getting this? When an angel brings guidance to us, it's God's guidance. When an angel protects us, it's God's protection. When an angel comforts us, that's actually God's comfort they're offering. And when they bring the wrath of God, which they do, that's God's wrath they're inflicting. So just remember, it's not coming from the essence of the angel or the spirit, which angels are spirits. If you didn't watch my other video from a year ago, go watch it later. Angels are creatures and spirits, which means God created them. They're spirits. They're immortal. They can't die. They're representing God. Now, here's the problem today. If you say an angel spoke to you, or you encountered an angel, religion people are like, religious people are like, you're crazy. They write you off. They make videos about you. They think you're crazy. But why would God not send an angel? Like people say God would never send an angel to speak. Really? He did all throughout scripture. I, I'm, I'm so curious and I'm not going to have an attitude here because I want it. I want to get a little bit Hispanic and Italian here, but I won't. I'm curious. What Bible are you reading? Really though? Like really for all of you in the chat that are here for content, 
You just gonna come clip this video and make a video about me about how Isaiah Saldivar gets messages from angels? Hi, okay, you could clip this and add it to your little video that no one's gonna watch. Let me just ask you this. What Bible are you reading? Why are you so pressed every time we talk about the supernatural? Why are you so mad about angels and deliverance and healing and breakthrough? I'm reading the Bible that says God can speak through an angel. God uses angels to deliver messages. God uses angels to deliver people. God uses miracles. God still does miracles. People still speak in tongues. I'm going to make them more mad here. Women could preach. Come on, somebody. I read this in the Bible, and then I look at some of you, what you preach and teach, and I'm going like, why have you removed all the fun stuff out of the Bible? Why are you so boring? You've taken all the fun stuff out, and you left it with, God can't speak. No such thing as miracles. No such thing as casting out devils. We just need to go to a local church, a dead local church, give our 10%, shut our mouth, don't be too bold, and just sit there like a nice little good Christian boy and don't ever believe God for something more. Is that really what Jesus came and taught? Where did Jesus say, just find a nice little church, be like us, and just come once a week and don't believe in miracles, don't believe in deliverance? Come on, can, is any, am I preaching to somebody right now? I see a God that invites us into a supernatural life. I see a God that invites us into his power, into his spirit and says, I've called you, John 14, 12, to do what I've done and even greater works. Is sitting at church on Sunday, greater works. Is doing nothing for God and being this religious Pharisee, greater works. No. So do us all a favor and stop, okay? Now, if an angel tells you to do something contrary to God's word, you should obviously not trust it. But if it's speaking on behalf of God and the word is in accordance with God's word and it's communicating to you, then you should receive the message. Now, let me ask you that. This might be your question. I already know. Well, why wouldn't God just speak directly to us or through a person? Let me tell you why. Are you ready? Because this is going to be a very deep, deep, deep answer. Because he's God. That's why. Why wouldn't God just speak to me right away through a person or directly or through the Bible? Why does he need to use an angel? Because he's God. And guess what? He can do whatever he wants. If nobody told you, God can do whatever he wants. Who are we to tell God how to speak? Let me, let me show you this in the book of Revelation, okay? If you don't believe me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this. We're told in Revelation, okay? And I'm going to go slow here for some of you that are just not tracking here. We're told in the book of Revelation that God revealed the book, the book's message to Jesus. Jesus revealed it to a human messenger, the apostle John, but God did it through an angel, how did God get the message to John through an angel? Lastly, John takes the message that the father revealed to the son, the son revealed to John through an angel. John reveals the message to us through the Bible. So here's the communication line. If you're tracking with me, God, the father to Jesus, to an angel, to John, to scripture, to you and me. I don't believe it. Let me show you this. The opening line of revelation. The revelation from Jesus Christ. This is the opening line of the book of Revelation. If you're confused about this, go read Revelation 1.1. I'm going to read it word for word. I'm not going to interrupt it here. The revelation from Jesus Christ. Okay. The revelation. I'm going to interrupt it because I, I got to break it down here. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to him or gave him to show his servants what must take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation, Jesus Christ, God gives it to Jesus. Jesus makes it known through the angel to the servant John. John testifies what he saw. 
writes it down. It becomes the word of God, the Bible. And now we have the message. It's all right there. The way that God speaks. Now, could God have just showed up to John and said, John, here's what I want you to write. Yes, he can, but he's God and he can do what he wants. Now, the end of the book of Revelation ends with an angel speaking. Revelation 22, uh, chapter 22, verse six. The angel said to me, the angel said to me, okay, let me just, just making it clear. You know, it's an angel. These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. So God, who inspires the prophets, sends his angel to show his servants things that must take place. After that, Jesus speaks in Revelation twenty-two sixteen. 16. I, Jesus, now this is not an angel speaking. This is I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. So Jesus is making it very, very clear. I am the one that sent the angel to bring you a message. So can angels bring you messages? Yes. As messengers, angels have also a special part in giving us the Old Testament. Both Stephen and Paul both speak of the Old Testament law as being put into effect through angels. That's Acts 7.53, Galatians 3.19. The writer of, Hebrew call, writer of Hebrew calls the law the message spoken by the angels. That's Hebrews 2.2. So angels had some part to play in giving the law. When Moses remembers how God came to him in Mount Sinai to give him the law, he says God arrived with myriads of holy ones, being angels, Deuteronomy 33, 2. So God is arriving with a myriad of holy ones. They're helping deliver the law and deliver the word of God. Angels are also very prominent in the New Testament. Remember, this is very important. Very important, okay? If you don't get anything tonight, get this. Write this down. Everybody in the chat, write this in the chat. Angels are one-way messengers. Let me say that again. Angels are one-way messengers. They do not send messages two ways. They only send messages one way. They are always God's messengers to us and never our messengers to God. Let me say that again. They're always God's messengers to us, but they're never our messengers to God. There is not one scripture. Nobody in scripture ever prays to an angel and neither should we. There's no mediator between us and God other than Jesus Christ. Angels are not mediators. So guys, if an angel comes to you, which is very well possible they will, and gives you a message, do not try to say, oh, can you, by the way, can you tell God this for me? No, you take the message, whether it's in a dream or a literal person comes to you as a form of an angel or a literal angel shows up in spirit form and you obey the message that God, because remember, it's not a message from an angel. It's a message from God to you, the angel's delivering the message. That's all it is. Think of the angel as the UPS, the USPS, okay, United States Postal Service. They get the message, they're a mail person, and they give you the message. The guy, listen, if I get a bill in the mail from anybody, right, and I open it up, and it's a bill, you owe $4,000 to blah, blah, blah. The next day, the mailman comes. I don't go out there and start yelling at the mail guy. How dare you bill me for $4,000? The guy's gonna go, wait, what? I'm just delivering the message. I didn't bill you for anything. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not responsible for the mail. I'm responsible for delivering the mail. This is how angels are. They are not responsible for the content of the message. They're responsible to deliver the message. And then they go. They don't stay. They don't sit there and have coffee. And you tell them, by the way, can you uh, have God give me this for Christmas? It's not like that, friend. We're not, we're not serving Jehovah Santa Claus. They give us the message and then Jesus is our mediator, okay? Let me show you this. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, the man Christ Jesus, okay? Guys, do you want it more clear than that? There's one God and one mediator between God and men. So how do we get to God? How does men connect with God? 
the man Christ Jesus. It's all there for you. Hebrews 9.15, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free. Okay, very clear there again. Christ is the mediator, not the angel. So don't try to say, oh, can you go get, put in a good word for me? No, angels, we don't pray to them. We don't send them messages. We just one-way messenger. We get the message. Okay, number three, angels can appear in dreams. A very common way that angels are going to speak or you might encounter an angel is in a dream. And it's not just, I had a dream and there was an angel in my dream. It was a, it was actually a little, a literal angel that came in a dream, but it wasn't like, if you have an angel encounter in a dream, don't think of it as like a symbolic, like, oh, I had an encounter with an angel in a dream. It was symbolic. For, no, literally angels can come to you in dreams and give you divine direction while you sleep. The way the angels speak to us are not limited to just spiritual form or physical form, but also in dreams. Let me show you this. Jacob saw angels at two very important times in his life. He saw the first one, first one on a stairway to heaven when he was alone and running from home years later. He saw them in a dream and God told him to go back home. That's in Genesis 28 and Genesis 31. The New Testament story of Joseph, the husband of Mary. This is Joseph, Mary's husband, contains the most dream appearances by angels in all of scripture. And Joseph shows extreme obedience when the angel comes to him. Think about this. How is your obedience level? Are you obedient to God when he speaks to you? And would you be obedient if God sent an angel in a dream to give you a message? Because if you're not obedient to God, why is God going to keep sending you messages? Why is God going to keep you on? If you struggle to obey God's word through a man tonight, how is God speaking to you? Through a man. That's how. That's how God speaks in scripture. The Holy Spirit speaks through men. And when they speak, it's as if God was speaking. That's in Thessalonians. Paul said, I thank God when I came to you, take it as the very words of God. God speaks through people. We know this. Okay. So tonight... God speaks through a man. If you struggle to obey God's commands or words through a man, how much more are you going to struggle in a dream when an angel comes? So I really believe if God's going to give you an angel dream or an angel's going to show up to you with an instruction, you got to be that type of Christian that obeys the word of God. Because if you're struggling to obey when God speaks through a man, you're probably going to struggle when an angel comes. Let me show you this in scripture though, because some of you are still manifesting. Matthew chapter one, verse 20. Okay. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So think about how important these are the most important messages that are going to be released in scripture to Joseph. Joseph, listen, Joseph, I know Mary's pregnant. I know it might be crazy. You guys are not married. You haven't slept together. And she shows up pregnant. And she's telling you, oh, this is the Holy Spirit came and impregnated me. And this is the son of God I'm carrying. And Joseph's like, okay, I mean, what do I do with this? And then all of a sudden Joseph's sleeping. And in the middle of the night, God says, I'm going to speak to Joseph, but I'm going to use an angel. And an angel shows up and says, Joseph, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. Okay. She's not being promiscuous. She's not out there sleeping around. What's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she's going to give birth and you're going to name him Jesus. So he got, they got the name of the son of God from an angel in a dream. Are y'all catching this type of, type something in the chat if you're tracking with me. So don't tell me angels don't give important messages. Okay. Now watch what Joseph does in Matthew 1 24. When Joseph woke up, listen to what he does. When he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her. So he didn't have any relations with her. If you guys know what I'm saying, he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So 
Matthew 1 20 what happens angel shows up Mary um, says Mary Mary okay Joseph Mary Mary so literally marry her and name the baby Jesus what is Matthew 1 24 Joseph wakes up and did exactly as the angel of the Lord had commanded him Mary's Mary there's a tongue twister there and then names the baby Jesus so obedience right when he wakes up he didn't wait he did it immediately if an angel comes to you in a dream tells you to do something godly again we're not talking about false angel or tells you to write a new testament that's not what we're talking about then obey immediately now jo- now joseph has uh shown god that you can trust me when you speak matthew 2 13 an angel of the lord appears to joseph in a dream get up he said take the child and his mother and escape to egypt stay there until i tell you for herod is going to search for the child to kill him another dream comes hey get up take jesus away escape to Egypt because Herod's trying to kill Jesus and look at the pattern here now watch what Matthew 2 14 says so he got up took the child and his mother during the night left to Egypt where they stayed until the death of Herod and so was fulfilled what the Lord said through the prophet out of Egypt I called my son here we have another dream and an angel comes he obeys the dream are you guys tracking third one Matthew 2 19 through 21 after Herod died an angel here we are again of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said get up take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are trying to take the child's life are now dead so he got up took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel over and over angel shows up in the dream Joseph obeys the results are God's will is established if you don't obey God is not going to keep speaking if you text somebody think about this okay you send someone a text message and it shows that they read it okay and they left you on red if you don't know what left you on red means it's the i message when you when you message someone you text them and it says they read it and they never respond to you and you're like all right well cool story they 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 read it and they didn't respond now if you have an iphone you should turn off your read receipts because it's the worst when someone reads your message and doesn't respond to you and it shows that if you have read receipts on there's a little nerd tip for you if god is if you're messaging someone over and over and they're reading your message they're getting your message and they're not responding to you they're not obeying what you're saying they're not even saying okay or i'll try or any of that how many times you're going to message them you're going to stop sending the messages okay you're going to stop messaging them because you're like look this person keeps leaving me on red and i'm not going to message them anymore and i'm salty because they never text me back listen friend here's what i'm trying to say i don't want to leave god on red I don't want I don't want God to message me and me read the message and hear the message and not respond. I want to message God back and say here I am, Lord. I want to say yes to every message God sends and obey every word he gives me. So my prayer tonight is, Lord, let me be open. If you want to speak through an angel, if you want to speak through the wind, if you want to speak through creation, if you want to speak through a person, I don't care if you speak through my 2-year-old, my 1-year-old, God, however you want me to speak, lord speak to me i'm open i'm not going to leave you on red any longer i'm going to respond to your word i'm going to respond to your message god i need you to speak to me so if an angel shows up in a dream says obey god now some of you might say well how do i know it's an angel of the lord how do i know it's not an angel trying to deceive me i'm going to teach you this are you guys ready if an angel shows up and tells you to do something for god obey it if an angel shows up and tell you and tells you to do something contrary to the word of god rebuke it it's that easy that's how you tell the difference context context is how you tell the difference between a fallen angel and an actual angel what is the contents context of the dream what was the message was the message telling you to sin then it was a fallen angel so don't be all this like guys we make it so overly complicated as it's so hard to understand 
if an angel tells you something wrong, contrary to scripture, then it's not God. But if an angel says, hey, the Lord is saying you need to pray an hour a day. Hey, the Lord is saying, go ahead and take that job. He's going to open the door. Hey, the Lord is saying, go ahead and marry that girl that you're engaged to or that you're dating or whatever. Hey, the Lord is saying yes on this ministry. Start that. Or hey, the Lord is saying, yes, you need to move to this or do this or move here or minister to them. Then it's good. Praise the Lord. But don't sit there and try to rebuke it if it's in accordance to the word of God. Do not try to complicate it, guys. It's not complicated. You'll know the difference if you have the spirit of God. Number four, angels guard us. I have a whole video on this, so I won't go deep in this. Guardian angels are a real thing. Absolutely, they're a real thing. Now, I would say guardian angels are not in the terms of the way we think them, or like there's just one angel guarding us all the time, but I would say that we have angels that guard us and that protect us from evil or from harm. I already shared with you angels that guarded me, save me, Psalms 91.11. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. So the angels will guard you in all of your ways, not just some of your ways. Psalms 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. So if you have the fear of the Lord, the angel of the Lord will encamp around you, will set up camp around you and will deliver you and will protect you. Matthew 18, 10, beware that you don't look down on any of the little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of our heavenly father. Some people have used this to say that children have guardian angels. I don't know. I think every believer has guardian angels. Again, not the way the movies say where it's like, there's an angel named Thomas that guards me, but angels that guard us could definitely be titled guardian angels because absolutely do angels guard you? Yes. Acts chapter 12, Peter got rescued out of prison from an angel. They were going to kill Peter the next day, y'all. And an angel rescued him. Daniel, an angel came and shut the mouth of the lions. Um, and that's in Daniel 6, 22 said, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O King, I've done no harm. So guardian angels are a real thing. It is okay to pray and say, Lord, send your angels to guard me. Remember the biblical way to send angels, call angels, ask for help is praying to the father. You never pray to the angel. You go right up to God, to the father, boldly approach the throne of God and say, Lord, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, however you want to say it, send your ministering angels to protect my family. Send your ministering angels. So what would a practical prayer be to ask for angelic help? It would simply be something like, Father, I ask you that you send angels to protect my children on whatever trip they're going on. Father, I ask you that you would send your angels to protect us in this, uh, this road trip. Father, I ask you to send angels to help us in this deliverance, to drive these demons out. Lord, send your angels to drive these demons out. Send your angels to war against these unclean spirits. And these are all very simple prayers, real prayers, not religious prayers, not repeat this prayer that you can say the biblical way. And people ask me this all the time. How can I get angels involved in my life? How can I get angels in my midst? How can I get them to go work on my behalf? Very simple. You just ask the father, Lord, your word says you have ministering angels. And I just pray, Lord, that you would send those angels to minister to me. If you're weary, if you're tired, ask the Lord to send the angels. Okay. Number five, guys, do I have 15 more minutes? Type one, if you'll give me 10 or 15 more Pentecostal minutes. We're on the last category here. The last one here. Number five is names of angels. Okay. I just want to go over a couple names of angels just to break some misconceptions or wrong teaching here. Names of angels. Number one name, 
the different types of angels. These are no particular order is cherubim. This is a type of angel. The first time we encounter the cherubim is in Genesis chapter three as the first angelic being. So the first angel, which is why I wanted to talk about it in all of scripture is a cherubim. And these were guarding the uh, Eden's gates with a flaming sword once Adam fell. So once Adam fell, God set up cherubim. These are guardian angels around the garden of Eden to go ahead and protect the garden so that no one could ever enter the garden of Eden. Now, has anybody ever wondered what happened to the Garden of Eden? Are those angels still there? I've always wondered that. I was thinking that as I was studying the other day. Like, where are those angels still there? Is it somewhere in the ocean? I mean, where, you know what I mean? Where could they be? Um, are those angels still protecting the Garden of Eden? But yes, God did put angels there to protect. The next mention of the cherubim is when God is giving Moses direction for making the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle. And the Ark was to have a pure gold atonement cover or a mercy seat on top. And his cover included two hammered gold cherubim. So just like those cherubim were guarding the Garden of Eden, God puts those there right there on the um, Ark of the Covenant, those golden hammered cherubim. The author of Hebrew calls them the cherubim of the glory. Since the Ark represents God's throne in his royal presence, the gold cherubim's figures with upraised wings remind us that God on his throne is surrounded by glorious worshiping angels. Okay. And God often is called the one who's enthroned between cherubim. That's first Samuel 4, 4, second Samuel 6, 2, second Kings 19, 15, first Chronicles 13, 6, Psalms 80, uh, verse one and Psalms 99, verse one. You're going to see the cherubim over and over again. Um, God sending his cherubim, them praying. If you look at Isaiah 37, 16, he says, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. So the cherubim are very, very strong, high-ranking, powerful angels. Psalms 22, 10, he parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. So cherubim were the chosen ones to watch over the mercy seat. And they're described as having the face of a lion, the face of a man, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. Okay? And the word face means character. So it's talking about having the character of. So the lion represents great strength. So they're strong as lions. The face of a man represents how intelligent these cherubim are. The face of an eagle represents the speed and the sight that the angels have. Okay? The, um... The, the face of an ox represents servant, servanthood. So these are serving angels, okay? Next named angel is Gabriel. Now, important to note, there's only three named angels in scripture. And when I, when I say named angels, I don't mean like cherubim, seraphim. I mean angels that have real names. Like we have names, they have names. It's Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Those are the only three named angels in the scripture. And we know the story of Lucifer is now Satan. The first one I want to talk about is just quickly is Gabriel. Gabriel's name means the mighty one of God. Many people say that Gabriel is an archangel, but let me just make something clear. The only archangel that scripture says is an archangel is Michael. So Gabriel is not called an archangel. Lucifer is not called an archangel. Some scholars believe that Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel are the three archangels. And the reason why one third of the angels fell is because those were the one third of the angels under Lucifer's command. That's not a proven biblical fact it's just people think that i just know that the only archangel in scripture is scripture is michael the archangel but gabriel is the messenger angel or the head of the messenger angel uh, messenger angels gabriel met zachariah inside the holy of holies in the temple and told him that his prayers had been answered and that he would have a son and not just any son but john the baptist the forerunner of jesus that's luke 1 11. shortly after gabriel goes to mary and says God is sending. Think about the message that Gabriel sends to Mary. God is sending his son to earth in the flesh to establish a kingdom that would never end. And guess what, Mary? 
God is going to use your womb to birth Jesus. That was the message Gabriel sent to Mary. And 500 years earlier, Gabriel sent news to Daniel that there was shakings happening in the heavens. And that's in Daniel 9. You can go read that later. He told Zechariah, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. So this is a messenger angel getting messages from God, sending messages to the people from the throne of God. He says, I'm standing in the presence of God. Gabriel was known for delivering messages for God's people. That's the bottom line, okay? Michael. Michael's name means who is like God. Gabriel is more of an announcing and preaching angel. Michael is involved in fighting and protecting. Michael is the fighting angel excuse me, or the angel that's in charge of the Lord's armies. People say different angels have different responsibilities, just like people in the body of Christ. In Revelation, we see um, Revelation 14, 18 talks about an angel that was in charge of the fire. Revelation 16, 55 says there was an angel in charge of the waters. Revelation 20, uh, chapter 20, verse 1, there was an angel who had the key to the abyss. So different angels have different responsibilities. And Daniel, Michael is called one of the chief princes. He's called Michael, the great prince who protects your people. And the New Testament, he's mentioned two times. One time in Revelation 12, 7, he's leading a war against the devil. We read that earlier. And in Jude chapter, and Jude verse 9, he's called the archangel Michael. And the title archangel, it simply means principal, first, or chief. So only Michael is given the name Ark or Chief Angel. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. This verse is speaking of the rapture. And this verse implies, we don't know for certain, but it implies that Michael's voice will be the, will be the one that's heard on the day of the rapture. So if you think of the rankings of angels or the system or structure of angels which they do have that's for another day actually i talk about that in my video from last year i talk about the ranks and structure think of michael as the very 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 top of the structure of angels he's the archangel he's the prince angel okay seraphim these are the burning ones or the shining ones they're only mentioned one time in scripture isaiah says that they are around the throne continually singing holy 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 is the lord god almighty these seraphim are, are burning they're around the throne of god they have um i they have uh wings that cover their feet the bible speaks of that they fly around the throne of god and again those are in uh, isaiah chapter 6 if you want to read about the seraphim day and night they sing holy 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 they never get bored the song never gets old friend a billion years are going to go by and the seraphim are going to be singing around the throne holy 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 it never gets old every time we look upon this one all we can say is, God, you are holy. You are unlike any other God. You are unlike anything we've ever seen before. You are holy in all your ways. So the seraphim are another type. Another one I want to touch on that I've never talked about is the watchers, okay? This is only mentioned one time in scripture. And listen, guys, I'm only going to discuss what the Bible says about the watchers because I already know what the chat's going to do. Oh, the book of Enoch says this and says that. I'm not quoting the book of Enoch. I'm not preaching out of the book of Enoch. I'm going to discuss one place in the Bible where the Bible describes watchers. Now, the Bible does reference the book of Enoch and Enoch is a historical document, but it's not scripture. It's not canon. And so let me be very clear. The watchers I'm going to describe are from Daniel okay and this is Nebuchadnezzar talking about the watchers these are a certain type of angel and that's what I want to discuss so please before you start spamming the chat with the book of Enoch this is from the book of Daniel and again Enoch is a historical document it's referenced in the Bible but it's not canon it's not scripture we don't quote Enoch as if it's the, the um, word of God King Nebuchadnezzar talks or mentions them as he talks with Daniel 
The Hebrew word translated here as watchers or watchmen is used nowhere in the Bible but Daniel 4. So there's only one place in all of the Bible the word watchers is used in Hebrew, and it's in Daniel 4, and it comes from a verb meaning to be wakeful or to be on the watch. And Nebuchadnezzar is telling Daniel about a dream he had while he was in bed in his palace, and he was contented and prosperous in Daniel 4.4. And in that dream, and I'm going to paraphrase it for you, he saw a large, healthy, fruitful tree with birds in its branches, animals resting in the shade. And he says, I was looking the visions of my mind as I lay in my bed and behold, an angelic watcher. So this is the King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4:13. He says, behold, I'm laying in bed and an angelic watcher, a holy one descended from heaven. This holy watcher from heaven gave orders for the tree to be cut down and the stump and the roots to be bound with iron. The watchers also describe someone who turned out to be King Nebuchadnezzar, who was sentenced to being drenched with dew, living outside with the animals and having an animal's mind. And this was the, the watchers decreeing this and the decision and the command of the holy ones in Daniel 4:17. So there were other watchers besides the one Daniel is, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is talking about, and they were entrusted with pronouncing the judgment of God. And they're pronouncing Nebuchadnezzar, basically, Nebuchadnezzar you're, Nebuchadnezzar, you're arrogant, you're proud, and you're going to wander among the dew. You're going to be like an animal, and this is the judgment of God coming upon you for being proud, for not giving God glory, and you're going to be one of the lowliest of men because you've not given God glory. Nebuchadnezzar does become one of the low, lowest of men as he took on an animal's existence. He was living outdoors. He was eating grass. His hair grew and he unclipped his nails and he had nails so long. And the Bible says they were like claws. And God finally, after a certain amount of time, humbled him, restored him. And then after God restored Nebuchadnezzar, he was ready to give honor and glory to God. But he does mention these watchers again. I know the book of Enoch talks all about the watchers. I haven't read it, but you guys are always talking about the book of Enoch and that. But that's that. Okay, last thing I'm going to talk about, and then we're going to pray. I wasn't talking about some other ones, but last one I'm talking about is the angel of the Lord. Now, let me be very, very clear about the angel of the Lord. Nobody truly knows who the angel of the Lord is. This is a mysterious angel, but we can conclude or assume who the angel of the Lord is based on other texts or other scriptures. But if you do a word study or you start studying the angel of the Lord, there's no definitive answer because the Bible doesn't say exactly who the angel of the Lord is. There's only people thinking different things, but you're going to see over and over. I remember just growing up and I remember just being in Bible college and I was reading about the angel of the Lord in my study. Who is the angel of the Lord? Have you ever wondered this? You read it over and over and over again, but the angel of the Lord is actually different than any other angel throughout the Bible. Many believe the angel of the Lord was Jesus in the Old Testament. He appeared over and over again. And it was distinct when it was the angel of the Lord. I personally do not believe the angel of the Lord was Jesus in the old Jesus because the here's why I don't believe it. I'm going to tell you why. And then I'm going to explain who I believe it is, is because Joseph's dream. Remember the new Testament, the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and said, Jesus named the boy Jesus. Now Jesus was already in Mary's womb at the time. Remember? And so how could, if Jesus is the angel of the Lord, how could Jesus be coming to Joseph in a dream saying, I'm in your wife's womb. He would have said, I'm in your wife's womb. He wouldn't have said, name the boy Jesus. That's okay. So that's why I don't believe it's Jesus. I believe the angel of the Lord is God. I believe it's God. I believe it's God the Father, which obviously we know Jesus is God. We know the Holy Spirit is God and we know God is God. That's the triune. That's the Trinity. I'm Trinity, by the way. But the person, God the Father, I believe that the angel of the Lord is God the Father. That, that person of the Godhead. All right. So we know this because, or I believe this because... Exodus 23, we know only God can forgive sin. 
and the angel of the Lord has power to pardon transgressions and no other angel in the Bible has the power to pardon and forgive sins. So we know that the angel of the Lord, what the Bible says in Exodus 23, has the name of God in him. So Exodus 23, the angel of the Lord has the name of God in him. Isaiah 63, and all their affliction, he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted up and carried them in the days of old. So many times the angel was identified with God. For instance, Jacob says, I've seen the face of God and lived. You guys remember this? When angel wrestled God, uh, Jacob wrestled God and said, I've seen the face of God and lived. It was not necessarily God in the text. It was the angel of the Lord. But Jacob says it was God. So again, these things imply that it was God as the angel of the Lord. This is just what I think. I'm not saying this is right i'm just telling you of my study of what i believe you can believe whatever you want to believe i'm just telling you what i believe from these scriptures i'm giving you genesis 18:25. the angel of the lord is called the judge of all the earth and we know who who owns the title of the judge of all the earth okay if i asked you who's the who has the title of the judge of the earth it's obviously god okay and the angel of the lord is called the judge of all the earth we know that only god can receive worship you guys remember this we said earlier do not if an angel shows up don't worship it but the angel of the lord was worshiped by moses and joshua and it was not they were not rebuked so moses and joshua both worshiped the angel of the lord and the angel of the lord did not say don't worship me why again i believe it was god the father in angel form in spirit form um so with all this again i believe it was god taking on angelic form and appearing to men the meaning of angel one meaning is a heavenly being and so we see the angel of the lord as a heavenly being this could also be not a regular angel but this could be god in an angel form remember when the angel lord appeared in armor to joshua joshua bowed down to worship him and the angel did not tell joshua get up implying that this angel this angel was actually God in angel form. So the, the, the name of God is in him. He has the power to pardon sins. He's the judge of the earth. Moses worshiped him and Joshua worshiped him. And he never told them, don't worship me. Jacob wrestled him and said, I've wrestled God. I've wrestled God and survived. Cause we know if you, you, no one can look at God without dying. He said, I've wrestled God and survived. Those are some compelling statements. Those are some compelling verses to believe that the angel of the Lord is actually God. The number one reason. Now, again, we know that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all equally God. But I think that it's not, the reason why I don't think it's the person of Jesus is, again, because Joseph had a dream and the angel of the Lord came to him in a dream saying, Joseph, here's the thing. And in my opinion, if God is going to deliver the most important message of history and God's, of course, able to come as an angel if he wants to, God can do whatever he wants, he would be the one to come to Joseph and say, hey, that's, that's my son in your wife if you wanted to. So that's why I believe it's angel Lord. But let us pray because here's what we're going to pray. Lord, we ask you to send your angels to minister to us. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're weary. Maybe you need a revelation. Maybe you need God to speak to you. Maybe you need God to empower you. Maybe you need the ministry like the Old Testament they had. And I talked about my video before. Or maybe you just need God to minister to you. Tonight, we're going to ask the Lord to send his mighty angels to minister to us on his behalf. Lord, we ask you right now in Jesus' name, Father, that we would be aware of what you're speaking, God, that you would give every person ears to hear, every person eyes to see. And Lord, let us not be ignorant of the supernatural realm. Father, I pray that you would open up our eyes in the spiritual realm. That God, we would be aware of what you're saying, of what you're doing, of the supernatural activity of your angels working. God, let us not neglect your word. Let us not neglect your angels. Let us not neglect your spirit. Lord, break us out of religion. 
Break us out of complacency. Father, we ask you tonight that this word would not fall on rocky ground, that this word would not fall on shallow ground, that this word would not fall on the footpath for the bird to come and steal it. But tonight, God, we ask that every person that hears this word, that there would be fruit, that there would be fruit, God, that it would grow into something and that you would make us more aware of your spirit more aware of your presence. And I pray, Lord, if anybody would be deceived by a fallen angel, I pray, Lord, tonight, break the deception off of them. If any one of us, Paul said, even if an angel comes and preaches another gospel, let a curse be, fall on them. Father, I pray that you would remove any deception. God, if there's any of us that have listened to a fallen angel, and guys, I've met tons of people that have listened to fallen angels, that follow fallen angels, that get revelation from fallen angels, I pray, Lord, let us be deception-proof. Let us stay in your word and let the word of God keep us deception proof. Let us never listen to a message from a false angel, but God, let us live according to your word. Give us ears, give us eyes tonight, Father. Lord, I pray for your angels that heal. I pray for your angels that deliver. And right now, just pray that God would send his angels to your home. I, I, I don't pray this enough, guys. I need to pray this more. I need to be more aware of this. Father, send your angels to our home. If you have unsaved kids, this will be a great time for you to pray that God would send his angels to your unsaved kids. If you have unsaved family, this would be a great time. How much better for them to encounter an angel and say, what was that? And the angel to say, you need to get your life together. And the angel preached to them. Can angels preach the gospel? Of course they can. In Revelation, the Bible says angels are going to be flying, preaching to the nations. So yes, angels can preach the gospel. Father, send angels to our family. Send angels to our unsaved kids. Send angels to our loved ones, God. Use your mighty angels, Father, to minister in whatever way. I don't know all the ways they minister. Father, we ask you to send your mighty angels to our friends, to our family, to our kids. Let your Lord, we ask you for your angels to protect our children. Lord, my four daughters, I pray that you would send your angels to protect my daughters and to guard them and to guide them, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, your mighty angels, your mighty power, Lord. Release it in Jesus' name. Send your angels. Send your angels right now, Father, over us, God. Send your angels of healing. Send your angels of deliverance to bring deliverance. Right now, can an angel come and deliver? The Bible says the angels deliver us. The Bible says the angels bring healing. The angels restore. Send your angels, Father. If they're carrying God's power, they're God's ministering flames of fire, and they're carrying the power of God, then of course they can bring the healing power of God to us. Of course they can bring messages to us. Of course God can use them in whatever way he sees fit. Lord, send your angels to make war on our behalf, God. We need your ministering angels, Lord. We need your power. We need your anointing. We need your fire tonight. We need backup. Come on. If you need backup, let them know. Father, we need backup in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing. We thank you for healing right now over every person in the chat. Deliverance right now for every person in the chat. Thank you, Lord, that you're sending angels to our unsafe family. Angels to our work, God. Angels to protect us while driving. Angels to protect us while we're at home, Father. Favor, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we just pray favor, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance, for healing, for breakthrough right now. In Jesus' name. Angels are, they're genderless. They're spirits. Spirits don't have genders the way we have genders. Even though the angels have a male name, angels are spirits and spirits are genderless. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for sending your mighty angels. Thank you, Father, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Awesome, awesome, awesome time tonight, guys. I know we went long, an hour and 20 minutes. 
But hey, I got a, I had a lot of stuff. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.